Hey guys, welcome. We're your hosts, Amy Keeble and Haley Young. Our heart is to encourage you, add joy to your life, and be a small reminder that you're not in this crazy motherhood journey alone. We have each other, and most importantly, we have God every moment, every day. We are super excited to have our very close friend Liz here. I have two children. Uh, and I have a 16 year old also. My name is Liz. I'm married to Josh. I got married when I was uh, and just 21. I'm obviously Anna. It has been very easy, apart from about four years of sleep got deprivation. Our little um, so I'm constantly going, I gotta lean hard into Jesus today. The privilege so really, of walking through a number of different life I've seasons with so her. I place so much pressure on myself to be perfect. You need to remember it's just a season. It's a this time. conversation has been so encouraging. Amazing. Thank you for stepping out of your comfort zone. And this is our this And this is our village. Hello, Haley and Parker. How are you guys going? We are good. You may be hearing Parker's um, hiccups. <laughs> are you hiccuping? He's just smiling. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. We we moved house yesterday, so my life is across two different houses, and my brain is across everything that is huge it is it's huge the house is amazing and we're really excited to be in that's awesome it was a big day yesterday and and we're feeling the results of it today but that's okay will you be sleeping in the house from tonight we slept there last night yeah oh wow you really yeah. are all in yeah we're all in just the little random things we have to get now and then start cleaning our old place so exciting what about you guys so good um we have just had a normal week parker's wanting to pull my um, <laughs> headphone out he's like hey i want both of them <laughs> um parker was a little unwell yesterday though mm. but i think it's just like entering the world again and i know yeah. um catching those little bugs at playgrounds and all of that but yeah. it's strange not to have had anything for like six months or to have yeah. had a sick toddler and then you're like oh Oh, this Do is I what need it to was be like. Concerned? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, um, I know. Especially with COVID, kind of in your, the back of your mind, yeah. it's like sick is bad. Sick is bad. Yes, <laughs> he's doing heaps better today, which is nice. That's good. Um, yeah, actually, we had got together with our mothers' group a couple of days ago. Oh, we had a picnic so at the playground, and we all just said how nice it was to have mm-hmm. something um, normal and mm-hmm. fun, and just made our weeks. It was yeah. really cool. Yeah. that one in my ear? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, you're fine. This is major um, real life mum multitasking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not a problem for any of our listeners, I'm so sure. So today we have a really special episode with a beautiful, strong, clever woman called Sharni McEwen. And we're really excited to bring this episode to you. We do want to just give a little bit of a trigger warning. There's some pretty serious topics talked about pregnancy loss, brain tumor, infertility, and a number of pretty heavy topics. But we're also just so excited to bring Jarani's story to you because she's such a light, beautiful, fun woman. And Mm -hmm. she has a lot of wisdom from her experience. This is just her experience. It's not going to be universal, but she was willing to share her journey with us. And we hope it can be a blessing to you guys too. So hope you enjoy it. Enjoy. Well, this week we get to talk to the beautiful Sharon McEwen, and um, we both know her from various places. We are all at church together a number of years back at Diamond Valley Baptist, so we are super honored to talk to her. She is a very talented, very well-rounded, very passionate, very wise woman. So we're very honored to have oh, you today, Sharon. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for coming. <laughs> That's why you came, to hear me say that, right? Yes. yes. <laughs> I'm going to go now. 
Yeah, perfect, perfect. Oh, my weekend is made. <laughs> well, that's what we're here for. <laughs> Did you want to start by just introducing us um, to sure. yourself and to your family? Okay. So, um, like Amy said, my name is Sharini. I am married to Jace. Um, I didn't grow up here. I moved to Australia when I was 18. And uh, we have two um, very energetic, <laughs> some might say exhausting, but not me. <laughs> um, but not you. <laughs> well, not on this podcast anymore. <laughs> Um, not on the record. Yes, yes yeah. not on the record. Wait, is any of this on the record? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> okay, good, good. Um, so the two boys, uh, they're one's about to turn seven and one's about to wow. turn five. Wow. Yeah, and it's um, it's been a, a long journey to motherhood, mm. um, but it's also been a bit of a miraculous journey. Um, mm. There were times when it was extremely unlikely that we would be here right now so Mm. yeah and can you share a little bit about what you do yeah sure um so I work for uh the federal government department of the industry um I work in something called the anti-dumping commission which everyone thinks has to do with sanitation doesn't (laughs) (laughs) it has to do with um you know the potential or alleged dumping of um, you know, imports into Australia mm, and uh, wow. we look at the impact on Australian industry. Um, and if there has been um, what we call injury, then we um, recommend that there's measures or the commissioner recommends measures. So, yeah, it's, it's quite interesting. I actually really love my work. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, most people, like, you can't really go into that air barbecue because their <laughs> eyes tend to glaze over. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I love it. I love what I do. It's more like, what does that exactly mean? But yeah, that's yeah, it totally. for another time. That's exactly the kind of the response. Like you're saying words and they sound like words I know. I know what imports mm-hmm. are and this is either going to be really boring. Or way over um, my head. Well, my husband has decided that it's just dead boring. So don't go into it. Lovely. Yeah, I know. It's so great. It's so great. It's good to have honesty in a marriage. Honesty is good. Absolutely. And he's in marketing, so everything he does, is like really interesting and so <laughs> people just like gloss over me and go oh okay what about you Jason <laughs> well that's what you want isn't it of course of course that's all right we don't all have to be interesting <laughs> except you truly are oh thank you thank you <laughs> for the purposes of this podcast I'll attempt to be interesting <laughs> I'll try my best <laughs> We are excited to hear a bit more about your miraculous journey into motherhood. Mm. Could you share with us um, your journey yeah, from the start? Absolutely. Yeah, so um, so I got married a little bit earlier than I thought I would end up getting married. Um, I was 20, yeah, 23 when I got engaged and 24 when I got mm. married. And Jason, um, he love that I say this, um, he's six years older. So, <laughs> you know, it's really good to, like, marry a man who's a few years older because you know how old you get. You'll <laughs> feel always young. always going to be older. <laughs> See, that's and me. I'm older. Yeah. I'm always, I'm I'm always sorry, old. Hayley, sorry. <laughs> So in other words, Ben was the clever one. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so... Um, so we got married and in my mind, I thought, okay, well, one year to kind of settle into marriage, um, you know, I don't want to be an old mum. This was it all in my head. This is, can you tell this is like a 23-year-old 20, thing, yes. right? Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be an old mum and like 
28, 29 is so old. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think at 25, I'll just get pregnant, have my first yep. baby, maybe give you a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 27, I'll have my second baby. And then, yeah, that's done out of the way. I think at that time I thought maybe even have like three, like why not? Mm. Why not, right? Um, and so that was the plan. And so anyway, we got married and a year later um, Jason had this strange thing happen where his vision started like mm. coming all the way in on one in one eye and he just noticed weird stuff like that or it would just shut off completely in one eye and and I, 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 you know, used my um, medical training, which is non-existent, and said, uh, look, you clearly need glasses. Um, <laughs> so I went to an optometrist. That's yeah, that's right, of course. I mean, wives always know. Anyway, <laughs> um, he went to an optometrist and got glasses and he's like, didn't do anything. It's mm. like, oh, maybe you should see a real GP. <laughs> Anyway, um, long story short, he found out that um, he had a pituitary tumour. It was a fairly large one. Um, And what it was doing was it was pressing up against his um, optic nerve. And so we had this rather funny, I mean, funny now, discussion. Um, Jason and I deal with things like this by making jokes and, like, you know, being... Not that we're not taking it seriously, but that's like our coping, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we asked the doctor... (laughs) At um, the at the Royal Melbourne, like, I mean, what's the worst that could happen with this? Like, what's the worst? And with this totally monotonous voice, he kind of says to us, "Well, the next steps are irreversible blindness, a stroke, and death." <laughs> we were like, "Whoa, what? oh. what's going on here? This is serious." And wow. so, anyway. He, um, they, they took out, um, a lot of the tumor and then he went through weeks of radiation and all of that. Um, they did give us a bit of a talk about, look, this will impact you having children. Mm -hmm. Um, and so he talked a little bit about that. Um, yeah. So, you know, we, we were, that's the thing with being young, right? You don't really think how big an impact these things are going to have. And up to that point, whenever we've got sick, We'd recovered. And so mm. you just think it's one of those things. You just get over it and you move on. We didn't think it was going to be a lifelong thing, mm. but it was a lifelong thing. And Jason is still on tablets for various things. And, mm. you know, uh, it's, I guess it's a bit of a childish way of looking at things, but as you do in your early 20s. Um, and so then we decided, look, we, we want to have children. And what happened, I guess, what followed was a really hard journey Mm. to become parents and I have never been the sort of um, woman that like even though I had my plan it was more of a um, a brain thing rather than a heart Mm -hmm. thing like I speak to some of my girlfriends and and like they just want to want to want to be a mom like they just love the whole idea of it they've always loved kids Um, so that wasn't me Mm. Um, I just kind of thought of it as like the next step in life and it's just mm-hmm. something that you do. Whereas for Jace, it was very much he wanted to be a dad. Mm. And, I mean, looking back, I'm so grateful we stuck at it because he's an amazing father. Like mm. I kind of like give myself a, you know, um, I'm a learner so I kind of figure it out. I copy what other people do and that kind of stuff. But he was like, straight like duck to water you know mm. he was 
just a natural. So I'm so glad that we did persevere. Um, but yeah, so we started this journey, um, I guess you can say infertility. Mm. Um, and I, I don't know if, like, if you don't go through it yourself, I don't know if you can get the full extent of how heartbreaking that journey can be. Mm. Um, there was like so many incidents just looking back. Um, I don't want to be a downer here, but you know, people do go through this and I mean, it Mm. it breaks up marriages and I'm, when I hear about that, I'm never surprised because the strain, I mean, you think about it, like sex is like one of the most fun things you can do with your partner and then it becomes a chore you know yeah, yeah and like you go and see fertility specialists and they say well how many times a week did you do it and what's aging what was your temperature mm. and it just takes all the joy out of some of mm. these things and mm-hmm. um yeah so um I remember there was a couple who who met got engaged got married had their first child had their second child and mm. I was at their second child's, think, second or third birthday. And I was watching the cake being cut and it hit me like a ton of bricks mm. that in all that time we were trying to have our first child, wow. you know. Um, and I remember going out of that house and just like weeping because it hit me like, you know, it was like our lives like frozen mm. and everyone else's lives were moving on. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's kind of why it feels like a little bit. And even with my work, like I was in a super stressful job and I um, wanted to do something different, you know. Um, I've always wanted to get into the public sector and all of that. And I kept putting it off because I was like, well, what if I get pregnant? Because like yeah. every month you're trying, right? So what if I get pregnant? I won't have any mat leave and all that. And I put it off for six years, you know. Mm. Um, And so that was really long. At the end of six years, um, so we've been seeing seeing, um, fertility specialists as well and they were adjusting Jace's various hormones because everything was, um, uh, what's the word, artificial. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, we kind of stopped. We just kind of going, can't do this. Like, let's just take a break. And bizarrely, I felt pregnant naturally. Mm. And wow. so it was it was amazing. And it was like everything just lifted. It was so amazing. And so mm. um, we pretty much, like I was, you know, pretty, yeah, I, I was a little bit sick, not as sick as I was with my other kids. But um, and we ended up telling people, like, just because we were so joyful, yeah. you know. Mm. Um, I think about like week 10, 11, a kind of family and all of that. Um, and so then we went for, our, um, you know, that 12-week checkup at the time and I think it was like week 13 we, when we went and um, we had that, uh, it's like the worst thing where the ultrasound person is like doing your ultrasound. She does not have a very happy face. Mm. But she's not telling you anything. Mm. And then what was meant to be a 10-minute checkup is still going at half an hour and she says stuff like uh maybe we need to do an internal and we're like what's wrong she's like oh I don't know just just checking this just checking this and that and and because they can't really tell you right they can't diagnose and stuff and and then it just hit us something was not right Mm -hmm. um and yeah it was just I remember um so going like I, I have a fairly strong sense of the sovereignty of God, right? Mm. And 
I don't struggle with it like, you know, it's never a why are you doing this to me, God? Mm. But at that point I remember going to like the the bathroom there and I just fell on my knees and I was like, don't do this to us. Like mm. you know our journey, you know what we've been through. Why us? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and so it, it was just one of those those moments that I feel like it, it has the power to make or break a couple, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we were grieving so much. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, at the same time, we kind of, we never felt like, um, ang- like I don't know, it was, we weren't ever angry with God. Mm-hmm. We, we just decided to... Um, I guess surround ourselves, like, you know, just to support each other. Um, mm. We had an amazing community at the time. Mm. Um, I think, Amy, you were part of that community at the time. <laughs> but we, um, you know, people kind of say, and, and other people have said to me, I feel like I don't have the words. And I'm the same, you know, when something tragic happens to somebody else, you just feel like, I don't yeah. have the right words. What do I yeah. say? And I'll tell you what, from my experience, um, I can think of two couples who are really close to us, beautiful, beautiful people, and, like, they've been through some things as well. And I remember one couple came over to our house and they were like, oh, you know, we just thought we'll catch up. And the four of us, we started praying together and all we did was we just started crying, all four of oh. us, you know. <laughs> you know, the Bible talks about wow. weep with those who weep and laugh with those who laugh and that kind of stuff. And that was, those are the things that really touch your heart. Mm. Like it's, you don't even have to have the words. Yeah. You just have to be able to kind of reach out and say, we're feeling this with you, you know. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, and there was another couple as well, similar kind of thing. <clears throat> I mean, we, I mean, look, we're in the Christian circle, so lots of people have lots of wise words. <laughs> so we got, like, cards saying the Lord says this. And mm. uh, we got one text message from a pastor that Jace didn't show it to me till way after because he was worried that I'd sort of punch something in the face. Um, <laughs> it said something like, uh, what you need to do is to pray to get back into the favour of God. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Um, and the weird thing was we never felt like we were out of the favour of God. No, we yeah. never felt that for one second. We felt like God had us, like, like had his arms around us. We mm. felt incredibly loved and held mm. while we're going through this awful thing. And, like, my friends, um, like, you know, it's not even, like, it's not just the Christians, right? Like, um from a human level, people either deal with this stuff well or badly. And I just yeah. have an amazing mm-hmm. bunch of friends, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, yeah, anyway, just want to share that just in case, you know, anybody listening is is going through something like that, either the infertility mm-hmm. or the, um, you know, losing a child. They're pretty mm-hmm. intense things. Um, we had some people say weird things to us during that period of infertility. Mm-hmm. One person asked us, um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm giggling when I think about it. Um, if maybe we're doing it wrong. <laughs> oh, did um, they give you good instructions? We should do it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, um, I tell you what, <laughs> anyone who's going through infertility knows so much more about uh-huh. the mechanics than anyone who's got pregnant on the first go. <laughs> so 
one thing. And another weird thing somebody said to us, and this was actually, unfortunately, a pastor, said yeah. um, maybe God, like God knows you and has maybe decided that this is probably not the best thing for you oh. to be parents. Oh. And I remember JC and I got so riled about this and we went, there are teenagers getting pregnant in the back of their mm. boyfriend's car and mm. somehow God looked at them and went, yeah, they yes. are good parent material and looked at us and went, mm, didn't make the car. <laughs> and we're like, why? Man. What's wrong with us? And, uh, yeah, it wasn't that. I, you know. <laughs> it's but just like, like people just say what they, they're like panicked and then they just say whatever pops into their brain without thinking. I reckon, I reckon. and like, Or they just think weird things. <laughs> it could be that too. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just one of those things um, I think – People need to, I'm the same. I say all sorts of dumb stuff, right? But it's, it's, that's power. Like when people are going mm. through stuff, yeah. those words can just play over and over in your head yeah. Yeah. and it impacts how you deal. So mm-hmm. I think it's important for us to kind of like just take a minute and think. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm the same. I say, I've said all sorts of ridiculous things to people in the oh. past and I just think, well, me too. <laughs> Especially when I'm awkward in the moment, like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yeah, I know, <laughs> Just I know. comes right out. Yeah, that's it. Uh, anyway, so that was the journey up to uh, up to Josiah. That was his name. Mm. Um, so we lost him at 16 weeks. Um, he had a terminal um, condition called Edwards syndrome. Mm. Um, girls um, who, who have it usually tend to get to term. Um, wow. I think the longest living, um, she had survived to like a year. Um, yeah. And, but boys usually don't make it to term. And and the bizarre thing with our hospital system, right, is if, you know, you, you get diagnosed with something or your baby's diagnosed with something, and then they called us up straight away and said, well, we're making a booking for you to come in and, um, you know, basically a boy. Mm. And like, we hadn't even got our heads around it yet. And we're like, wait, Mm. what, what's going on? And, um, and so I said, well, I'm not confused. What, what am I meant to be? What? What's this? The baby's mm. still alive, right? Mm. And uh, and then they, they kind of went, oh, look, you need to speak to a genetic counsellor. So, and she was really good. Um, and we met with her and she also taking it for granted that we'd just go down that route straight away because, you know, the baby mm. was going to die anyway. Um, and because we were like, well, that's not something we wanted to do. And this baby was like fighting really hard to be alive. So we're like, this doesn't seem very... Right. Mm. And I'm so glad we, we hesitated because in that moment, it's like a fight or flight response. You, yeah. you kind of go, I just want this to be gone. Mm. But because we kind of had this default of that's not what we want to do, within a day, like I just felt so protective of this baby and yeah. I've really bonded. It's like, I guess, like with a sick child, right? You just bond with, you know, because you feel protective and, mm. and I would not have given up that 16 weeks for anything, you know. Mm. That was the, his his life on this yeah, earth. Yeah. That was it. And so, yeah, so it's, I feel like we're not really equipped to deal with that kind of stuff in our system. But, mm. yeah, anyway, after that, um, this was amazing. So because I got pregnant, pregnant naturally, um, the fertility people kind of said, oh, maybe you can do it again. So, you know, we're just going to wait a little bit and see, um, mm-hmm. you know, what's going to happen. Mm. And 
and that was amazing because I think like 10 months later I got pregnant with um, um, Bajalith. And so, yeah, oh, my gosh. This is what I mean, like so many Mm. miracles. Like it's Mm -hmm. just, I mean, Jace, Mm, us getting pregnant. It's just all amazing. Uh, So we had Jarleth. Um, We um, (laughs) had crazy labour with Jarleth. It was intense, very intense. Uh, But then you guys know all about that. (laughs) (laughs) But... um, yeah, so he was induced. Um, there was an issue with his umbilical cord, so we couldn't go to term, and he was induced. And I had it in my mind at the time that I was going to go full natural, no pain meds and all of that. <laughs> yep, 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 that was that was me at the time. And um, and so even when I was induced, I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, like, you know, white-knuckle this whole thing, like how high can it be? <laughs> I just breathe through it. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Um, so that was kind of crazy. Um, and because the, the, the labor wasn't progressing and they were upping the, whatever that hormone is. And like, um, at one stage, like it was getting, so this was going from like the night before, um, and then kind of got into active labor the next day at like 11 o'clock in the morning at five or 6 PM, the doctor came in and said, I know you oh don't want pain meds, but we need to really crank this thing up. Oh you really goodness. need some pain meds. And by this stage, I was like, I love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Give it to me. <laughs> and so she was like, you need to have an epidural. And unfortunately, because we waited so long and stuff, the epidural didn't work. And I'm oh, like, my gosh. Lie. You oh lied to me. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. So climbing the walls and then about midnight, they were like, we need to go to a emergency Caesar. Mm. Um, and so that was a bit crazy. Um, but the strangest thing was like, um, I don't know if you've had this experience, but you're so tired, right, at the end of that. Mm-hmm. And they tell you, like, amazing things about your baby when the baby is born. And you're like, yeah, I just wish I cared more right now. Like, <laughs> That's cool. Uh, but no, the, so the baby was born and, you know, um, for those who don't know me, I'm, I'm brown skinned. I'm from Sri Lanka, black hair. I'm a little grey now, but um, <laughs> so he was born and the doctor's like, oh, that's confusing. <laughs> this baby's got blonde hair and blue eyes. Ah, and they're all like, what? And they're all like doing this whole, oh, I want to see, I want to see. <laughs> and like we know on? it came from you we cut <laughs> it out of you yeah that's it and I'm like what, what what's going on oh no I don't care whatever <laughs> so they showed me this baby and anyway finally I recovered from my other stuff finally saw the baby again like an hour later and you know it was just that feeling that love at first sight mm. it was literally the most beautiful thing I've ever seen mm. <laughs> it was just and it was so crazy as well because he was very pale <laughs> <laughs> we found out um probably I think about the eight week mark his mm. um his vision wasn't tracking so my eight weeks babies are made to like follow objects and stuff and he wasn't doing that Mm-hmm. Um, so he has a form of um, albinism. Um, so luckily he doesn't have that extreme form of albinism that, you know, like where people are like stark white and, you know, you can you can sort of see them straight away and you go, yep, they have albinism. 
Um, he's got a version of it. It still affects his eyesight. Um, mm-hmm. his, his skin is, is like, you know, I guess a normal Caucasian baby skin. Um, but we weren't kind of prepared for that. Like we, mm. you know, we, I don't have any people with disabilities in my family, like physical disabilities. Um, Jace doesn't either. But amazing thing though is like in, in some ways all you can do is really love them. Yeah. Like everything you're going to, like, yes, you're going to have challenges and, and we still do with schooling everything, you know, go work hard and he has to work hard and it's, it's all a bit, you know, a lot. Mm. But he his confidence comes from knowing that he's completely loved. Mm. And, you know, and, and that's like if I can encourage anyone with a child with a disability, if you're just loving them, that's already enough, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and it's, yeah, so that's just being our experience with Jalith. Um, and then Jahan, we had to pick two names because, like, one was a brown person name and one was a white person name because, <laughs> like, we just didn't know what we were going to get. <laughs> Um, I mean, my husband's like Caucasian, right? So we're like, what do we do? And hilariously, he came out brown. So we were like so relieved. So we we went with the brown person name. And um, you you kind of have to have people like be surprised every time you say your name. Um, But yeah, and he was an enormous baby and we went with a Caesar that time, like we scheduled a Caesar because of my previous Mm -hmm. experience. And oh my gosh, it was, oh, the birth experience was so beautiful. So different, huh? So different, but so beautiful. Mm. Like Mm. they, they took him out, they put him on my tummy. He did the, you know, the boob crawl. Oh, wow. You're like, yeah. they don't oh, normally wow. do that with, like, I mean, they definitely usually don't do that with Caesar babies, but mm-hmm. wow. was so In the theatre they did that. Sorry? It was sort of in recovery. They took, yeah, and, and because it was such an easy Caesar this time, mm-hmm. there wasn't much of a recovery as such, mm-hmm. um, as wow. in, like, you know, with the first one I was, like, they were monitoring me and doing the whole thing, but this was yeah. just almost like maybe a few minutes after they stitch me up and mm. oh so beautiful that's like, so good yeah so that's our kids wow mm. wow it's a miraculous journey like I feel it is um yeah I feel like we've been really um spoiled in some ways yeah you have a yeah. beautiful heart and mindset that <laughs> I'm sure without God, some people can have a similar thing, but to be able to look back at that struggle and say we have been spoiled <laughs> is amazing. Yeah. I it mean, bad things happen to everyone, right? Yeah. Um, but like we, like my rights, I feel like we shouldn't even have kids, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and my husband, like the fact that they caught his thing before it got really bad, like, he could have been blind. He could have been dead. <laughs> like yeah. the mm. fact that that was found when he was. And um, one other little thing with Jarlett, like, um, uh, yeah, like we, the way that he has sight, like even that was a bit surprising. Like he's, he has poor vision, like he has low vision. But I just kind of go, these things like could have turned out so much worse, but here we are. Like wow. it's, yeah, it's amazing. Has that had to be a choice to be grateful like throughout your life or is that something that you feel has come from your family or has always been the way you've seen things? Mm. Um, look, the thing is, I mean, I grew up in Sri Lanka and um, that was during the war and, you know, things were difficult. Mm. And I think when you live through experiences like that, you you do become grateful 
and I guess your expectations are a little bit lower. I kind of um, envy, but also not envy people who grow up in Australia because, you know, you have so many choices, right? I mean, we we do. We all, I mean, my mm-hmm. kids will as well. So many choices, mm. so many things you can do that it almost like makes you feel like, what am I going to do with my life? Like you have so many yeah. opportunities and stuff. And then when when bad things happen, like not that Australians don't go through stuff. Of course we do, right? But um, I guess it's it's a, that resilience factor, yeah. you know, mm. that can be a little bit hard. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. So maybe some of that, just growing up in Sri Lanka, but also um, just having a sense that God is not cruel, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, um, yeah, that he loves us, that when things, like when bad things happen, that he grieves with us. Mm. And we're on the same side, like, you know, all those mm. things. Um, and just knowing that helps you get through things like that because you're not alone. Mm-hmm. And, and community, you know, um, mm. I can't even tell you how important that is to just have people around you that are willing to, you know, um, just, yeah, contribute into your life at those times. Mm, absolutely. But, yeah. I can say that because um, when you were going through your journey with Josiah, I was in Bible study with you. Mm. You guys were mm. my Bible study leader. Yeah. Leader, sorry. Um, and I, that what you just said about God not being cruel is definitely something that you guys demonstrated through that mm. and has stuck with me being someone yeah. that was sitting under your leadership as well. So yeah. I think that's beautiful that you've taken what is, you know, horrible and heartbreaking and you've allowed God to speak to you in that, and you've also been able to display that to people around you as well. I think that's beautiful. Mm. Oh, I'm glad to hear you say that, Amy. <laughs> it's always nice to think that you've um, contributed to somebody's life and journey. Yeah, absolutely. That's special. Absolutely. After you um, had your two beautiful boys, you went back to work, didn't you? I did. I did. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about how you found being a working mum and also what you what advice you might give somebody if they were deciding whether or not to go back to work. Sure, sure. Um, so it, it was weird because I finally decided, you know what, I'm just going to bite the bullet. I'm never going to get pregnant, so who cares anyway, and mm-hmm. then change jobs. And I got pregnant. That was the first time. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> nice. <laughs> of course. No, that's fine. Anyway. <laughs> Maybe um, it helped. Maybe, <laughs> who knows, you're right. Um, but um, going back to work, um, you know, like motherhood is hard, right? Mm-hmm. Like especially the first time, you're like, I am learning literally everything I'm doing at the same time. Like it is just hard and I just like I felt incompetent. <laughs> I don't yeah, like feeling incompetent and um like, I think it's everything, like, you have to learn, right? You're learning everything. And in some ways, I kind of went, and, and I'll be very honest here, um, I want to do something that I know I'm good at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I go back to work and at least I know what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, it, it we got lucky as well because um, at the 10-month mark, I went back to work. And um, Jace was able to spend eight months at home with Charlotte. Mm. So, and um, we're, we're really grateful for that because I think, you know, fatherhood is so important. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, but I tell you what, that first day I went back to work. Oh, so nice. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> I went in, I got myself a latte. Oh, <laughs> a hot latte. Because to the city, right? A Ooh. hot latte, a hot coffee, Amy and Haley. <laughs> and um, I drank it while it was hot. <laughs> I did not microwave it once. It was, I felt like, what is this world? Luxury. Uh-huh. I even got in a bit earlier so I could read the papers. <laughs> it was insane. I could go to the bathroom without, oh, yeah, you want to go to the bathroom? You just get up and go to the bathroom. When was the last time a new mum could say that? <laughs> no. So it was just, oh, it was so nice. And, and there was an element of, you know, when you're home with your baby or like with two babies, um, your um, conversation is a little limited, shall we say? <laughs> Just a little. <laughs> Just a little. You know, you don't talk about world affairs. You don't talk about, <laughs> yeah. So and if anyway, you do, they don't give much back. No, no, you're right. You, like the burden of the conversation is on you a little bit, <laughs> I find. It's a bit tiring. It's a bit. Yeah. So just being able to go and have a conversation that was not baby-related, you know. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with baby-related conversations, but, you know, we're women with with minds, with, you know, so many. We're not just one thing, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it was just so pleasant to be able to, like, get back to different things that I used to enjoy doing before. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. Um, there was a little bit of guilt. Like I think every mom has that. Oh, mm. what am I doing here? Am I being a crazy career, ambitious, horrible woman when my poor <laughs> child is at home? Um, I, I won't lie. There was a little bit of that. Um, mm. But I also, um, you know, I, I kind of also grew up with a mom who was working mm-hmm. yeah. and I really respected her for that. And um, as a woman, like I, I don't know. I, I just, I just kind of looked up to her for that, and I, and so it was, it was, I guess, an easy transition for me to kind of go, yeah, I, you know, I want to go back to work. Um, I wanted to broaden, I guess, uh, my experiences at that time. So it was mm-hmm. really great. It was really great. That's awesome. Um, advice to anyone considering to go back to work. But the thing is, we're all different, right? Mm-hmm. And. Um, I don't know. I mean, for me, it was super positive. I love going back to work. I enjoyed it because, um, you know, I feel like, um, and, and especially with Jarlett, like it was Jace who was home with him. So it was mm. pretty special as well. Mm. Um, with Jehan, um, you know, uh, we did daycare. So that was a little bit of a different dynamic. Um, but I feel like it kind of depends on you a little bit and what you think you're going to, mm um need Mm -hmm. um for me I kind of felt like I really did need it like to have something else that I could put my mind towards um and yeah to just have a dark conversation and stuff like that um we don't have a lot of family around so um like you know my parents are in uh, well they're here at the moment um but they were in Sri Lanka um mom had visited to help out for a few months Mm -hmm. uh, but she'd gone back um, Jason's family are in uh, country Victoria. So, you know, we didn't have a lot of family around, so it was just us. So it was mm. kind of nice to like have some adult conversation and yeah, that would be my advice to just think about what you need. And, mm. um, and, and it's trial and error. Like I had mums in my mum's group who tried going back to work and they literally hated it. And they just, yeah, went, nah, I don't, there's not what I want to do in my life. I want to be home with my mm. kids and mm-hmm. absolutely. And that, that mm. should be respected as well. 
Mm. I think that's a good reminder um, mm. that sometimes you don't know really what you yeah. want and yeah. how it's going to work and it's okay to yeah. try it and then change your mind. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, we're so lucky, right, in Australia. Yes. Um, compared to a lot of countries, you know, you don't just have to like have six weeks and get back to work. Like, mm. you know, you can still have some options. So, yeah. We are yeah. so lucky. Mm. We really are. And I love that. I love that we're also different too, because I've had, I know within my friend group, there are drastic different, um, I guess, feelings towards working and stuff like that. And I thought that I would be someone who loved being at home with the kids. And I do love being at home with the kids, but I like it a lot more when I've got something else that I'm working on too, that can feed my, whatever it is, part of me that makes me feel like I'm achieving things then I love (laughs) engaging with my kids I genuinely love that time I get with them but when I was just with them all the time I started feeling like I was going a little bit psycho whereas there are some people that have the opposite feeling towards doing doing anything for example yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) well exactly exactly right (laughs) yeah um and you know that's the same like I've I've had friends who like like they just wanted to be a mom and they were a mom Mm. and they're amazing and they don't Mm -hmm. want to do anything else and that's fair enough yeah you know we're all so different why not I kind of like um so I mean I have two boys right so you know in terms I'm really interested in how they view women and all Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff um and so I, I read this, this bit of research uh, at the time. I was talking about how um, boys who have working mums, when they get married and all that, um, they tend to help more around the house because it's kind of, mm. they feel like it's expected. Yeah. And it certainly yeah. is expected in my house, I can tell you. Um, and so, <laughs> so I kind of went, yeah, that's good. That's kind of boys I want them to, you know, yeah. I want them to grow up to be. <laughs> um, but yeah. Yeah. The interesting different dynamics because Blair and I have different situations. His mom worked a lot and my mom wasn't working until probably I was in high school, late high school. And it's just mm. funny how people come from different family, even what's normal in their family, what they've mm-hmm. grown up and expected with their parents. Yeah. It's so fascinating. It, I mean, it does shape you, right? I mean, Absolutely. whether you like it or not, your home upbringing, it just shapes mm-hmm. the way you think. So, mm-hmm. yeah. That's great advice and um, mm-hmm. something that applies to us all and multiple times throughout motherhood if you have more than one child as well. Yeah, 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 totally. So we end each episode with the same three questions, which we love hearing from everybody. And the first mm-hmm. one is if you could look back on your motherhood journey, um, is there a way that you would be easier on yourself or something that you wish you had engaged with more? Yeah, there's a couple of things. Um, one was... You know, my pain meds free birth. Afterwards, I went through this whole period where I felt really dumb for doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because, like, you know, other, you know, people kind of said things like, oh, well, it was induced and, you know, there's all these options. And I just felt like, what was I thinking? Like, it was this whole thing of, like, regret that I allowed myself to go through this whole difficult thing. It was like years before I kind of like looked at that and went, hang on a second. Mm. Like um, that was just me because I, I do have a high pain threshold. I, you know, I kind of decided that for myself. Mm. Like it was it was strong. Like, you know, in my view, that was strong. And so um, I'm going to be kinder to myself that I made that decision. Mm. Like whatever the decision is, like, you know, um, that was one. And it's taken me years to like get to that. Mm. And the other thing was about breastfeeding. Um, I think, Amy, you and I have talked about this before. But, um, oh, it was hard. It was so hard. Um, I had some issue, like, uh, 
went to so many specialists and I just had intense pain after a feed mm. and they tried oh, you know, any number of things, check this, check the latch, check the tongue, the, the, <laughs> the whole mm-hmm. thing and, um, and they just couldn't figure out what it was and it was in various different medications and stuff. With Jarlat that was okay because he was my only baby and he only fed every three hours. It was like this angel child. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I could like feed him, be in pain for an hour, Recover for an hour and then figure it again. It was just okay. I did that for like eight or nine months. And then he came to Jahan. And I told you he was the thumper of a baby. He was enormous. He was like almost four kilos. Oh, no, he was above four kilos, I think. Anyway, Mm. um, he was an enormous kid. Um, Yeah, he was 4.1 or something. I mean, that's that's like a five-year-old child, isn't it? No, it's pretty (laughs) Pretty much exactly the same. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, But he wanted to feed every 45 minutes. Oh, my goodness. And, oh, my gosh, that that wrecked me. Um, I was, like, doubled over in pain. And so this went on for, like, three or four weeks where I'd be, like, like absolutely doubled over, like, mm. screaming into my pillow kind of pain. Oh, my gosh. And, yeah, and I couldn't, like, interact with Jarleth, who was, like, two, because I just mm. could not. It was too mm. hard. I just kept feeding this baby and feeding this baby. And I just didn't want to stop because it's, like, well, you know, everyone said, like, breastfeeding is the best thing for your baby and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And um, and he was putting on weight and everything was great. But I just I was in so much pain. And I was like, is it selfish to stop? And, I'm, you know, all this stuff. And I was so, like, I was honestly bordering on going into some postnatal depression right there. Mm. And one night I just, like, literally cried through the entire night until, like, I mean, I say it's God. Yeah, um, had this like clear as a bell sound in my head going, Sharini, what are you doing? Mm. <laughs> there was this voice of reason going, why am I putting myself and my whole family through this? The mm. only person happier is Jahan. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But you know, I have a two-year-old who I'm ignoring. Um, I am depressed and in pain. My poor husband was like terrified because he's watching me going through this whole thing. I was like, I'm just going to stop. Like, I'm just going to stop. He's going to have formula from tomorrow and that's okay. And that was hard to Mm. get to that. Mm. Um, You don't want to be a bad mum. And and again, back to what people, you know, say and throw out there. A couple of people had said to me, you know, the the most, um, like the, the biggest definer of how successful you'll be in breastfeeding is how badly you want to breastfeed. I tell you, oh, oh, no, good no, I wanted to breastfeed so badly yeah. and it just wasn't working. And sometimes, you know, it's it's medical and it's not going to work. And mm. um, But, yeah, I think I should have been, I should have got to that sooner. I don't know. It was just, mm. uh, we're so hard on ourselves, you know, as mm. mums. And we're the mixture of new, hormone, uh, new mum hormones of makes course. it much harder to even think Newborn clearer. Sleep yeah, that. yeah, that's yeah. right. But it's also a dangerous place to be because of that, right? Like you mm-hmm. can get into depression really easily. Mm. Um, but, yeah, so <laughs> those two things are being kinder to myself. Tell you mm. They're good. <laughs> it's interesting to see what kind of pressure either we put on ourselves or the world subconsciously puts on us yeah. over things like that because it's such a common thing. And we've had people on the podcast mention mm-hmm. similar yeah. similar experiences yeah. definitely yeah yeah wow mm. so how have you been connecting to God in this in this last year and I guess in this current season of motherhood 
Um, so there's something I've been doing recently. Um, I'm trying to be a little bit more disciplined because just with having two kids, uh, one I'm homeschooling, also working full-time, my husband works full-time, mm-hmm. uh, my parents living with me at the moment, it's wow. a full house. Um, but <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, what I do at the moment is I wake up a little bit earlier, so the kids are sleeping in a bit because, you know, we're going to school till 9 o'clock. Um, so I go for a walk in the morning mm. um, and on my phone um, I've got the Bible app. So I'm doing the Bible in one year. I'm like 60 days behind. But anyway, um, Bibling a year and two months apparently. <laughs> um, but I put it on, you know, like play and so it becomes like an audio book. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I, you know, I get this, I, I do like a, you know, five, six kilometre walk and um, I finish the reading and then I just like listen to some music and, you know, just um, spend that time you know, with God, I feel like that's being amazing. When I don't get my walks in, I really feel a difference. Mm. Like, you know, um, um, but yeah, it's also um, an interesting thing when you're a parent um, and my kids are at the age now that I feel like this is where um, their faith kind of really takes root kind of thing. Mm. So Mm -hmm. um, we've had amazing conversations with my boys, like, um, even my four-year-old has asked questions like, so people say you've got to get Jesus into your heart. How does he get in there? I'm like, <laughs> straight yeah. up, fantastic question. We yeah. say weird things in the Christian community. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's just amazing, like some of these things. And just about prayer and and they kind of test your faith as well. Like, mm, mm-hmm. do you really believe that God's going to heal or, you know, and things mm. like that. Um, yeah, so I guess in those little conversations as well, like, you know, um, it's so interlinked with how we do parenting. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it forces you to be more simple too, doesn't it? It forces yeah. you to think through how you can communicate it at its core rather than in these fancy yeah. words and stuff. Where it's not, where it's not too heavy for them. And, mm. um, and then grace plays a huge part, like, huge, yeah. um, you know, could we do parenting better? Probably mm. like, you know, should we, should I be doing homeschooling better? Definitely. <laughs> um, but, you know, you, you kind of have this sense of that grace as well, that, mm. that, yeah, God tends to cover you even when you're yeah. not, you know, enough, you know? <laughs> Mm, so yeah. um yeah so I wouldn't want to do this without God tell you what yeah oh my goodness yeah mm. absolutely so following on really closely to that last question what is one of your favorite verses or scriptures that's a good one there's so many um the the thing that I had on top of Charlotte's cot was um you know for this child I prayed and the Lord granted me the desires of my heart mm. um and because it's been such a journey, you know, and I feel like that's the same for both of my boys mm-hmm. that, um, yeah, God's just really blessed us with these children, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was um, Samuel one twenty seven. Um, some versions I think have I prayed for this boy, still relevant for me. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, it's um, just, I guess, um, it's sort of a reminder for me that, um, they're in answer to prayer, you know, mm-hmm. and they're like they're miracles, like they're walking miracles for me. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, 
What a good reminder, especially on the days when homeschooling isn't going so well and <laughs> yeah, everything's falling apart. That's right. These kids you are, are a blessing. <laughs> <laughs> you are my miracle. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It gets like that sometimes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that's so true, so true. <laughs> Would you mind taking a minute just to pray for the person that's listening right now that Mm. this is so relevant to them? They're in the heartache, they're in their struggle, and Mm. they may be in tears right now or not knowing Mm. just um, how to leave listening to this podcast. Could you pray for them? Sure. Sure. Let's do it. Lago, we thank you so much for who you are. That um, nothing that happens to us is a surprise to you, Lord. And we know that you cover us on every side and we know, Lord, that you grieve with us, um, that you you delight when we go through a joyous thing, Lord, and, um, yeah, you know us, I guess, better than we know ourselves. So, Lord, um, I just want to pray for anybody listening to this, Lord, who is going through um, the pain of, um, of infertility or um, the loss of a baby or anything like that, Lord, or even loss of a marriage. Um, Father, I just pray for your arms to be around them, Lord. Um, Just for them to have a sense that they are held, Mm. they are loved. Um, Lord, I pray for their communities, um, that you will bring people into their lives that will just um, radiate that love to them, Lord. Um, Father, we know that um, you never leave us alone. we're never forsaken, we're never mm. left to flounder, Lord, that you are always there. Um, Lord, it doesn't matter if if we don't know you, you know us, Lord. And um, I just pray that um, you will make yourself known to, to anyone who is going through something right now that just feels yeah. like it is beyond their strength, Lord, beyond their abilities, um, Lord, that you were reaching because we know that there's so much grace for us, Lord. And um, I just want to say thank you for who you are and um, how you reveal yourself to us. And, um, yeah, we just want to um, say thank you and um, and that we love you. In Jesus' mm. name, amen. Amen. Thank you for praying with us. Thank you for your mm. honesty. Thank you for sharing mm. your miracles. Um, what amazing <laughs> stories. This has been Absolutely. lots of fun. This has been so <laughs> yeah. much fun. I'm so glad that you guys are doing this. Like, oh, thank This you. is going to bless so many mums. And, thank you know, you. the two of you, I can't think of a better team, the two of you. Yeah. Like, you uh-huh. know, just so bubbly and beautiful and confident. We do you have know, fun. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we do. We do enjoy it. That's for sure. That is so great. Bless you both. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for your realness, your humor, your honesty, and sharing hope with us. And this is our village. Thank you for joining us today on This Is Our Village. If you enjoyed this podcast, please remember to like, subscribe, and review. And please share it with as many moms as you think might benefit from this community. This is our village, but we'd love it to be your village too.